I still see amongst friends, even if we're not living in the 70s and 80s, I still see that women are still, there's certain jobs that they do generally and, and men do different. This is Moms in the Middle, the podcast for busy parents who need a little help keeping their hustle in check. If you are new to our show, we're so glad you found us. Here's who we are, two moms who work in television. I'm Ivanka Osmak, mom of George, who is two years old, and I work The Late Show on Sportsnet, a national TV sports station. And I'm Melanie Ng, and I work the very early morning shift on a morning show in Toronto. I also happen to be a mom of a three-year-old named Josh. Now, while Ivanka is working at night, I'm fast asleep, catching those Zs because I got to be up in the morning. And really, it means the only time that Ivanka and I get to meet is in the middle of our day. We are hustling the balance between work life, mom life, personal life. <sighs> Just need to take a breath, right? So we meet in the middle of it all, in the middle of our day, in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of opinion. Therefore, mom's in the middle. Now, it's hard to believe, but this is the final episode of season two. It's been it's been a ride. What a trip. We've covered so much ground in this season. We've talked about mom and dad are fighting, mm-hmm. keeping your cool with your kids, extracurriculars, how to balance that, infertility, maintaining those relationships with your partner and with your girlfriends, which is so important. That's right. So we thought we would round out this season dedicated to the dads, to the fathers in our lives, in our children's lives. There's a reason this podcast is obviously called Moms in the Middle, because that's who Mel and I are. But we started thinking about the roles dads do play in our children's lives. And the role of dad really has changed over the decades. No longer is the father expected to be the breadwinner, the disciplinarian, the one that teaches their kids how to play sports. So this episode, we are bringing in two guys who are doing things differently from the way their fathers did. And you know what? That's totally fine. Let's start with Ken Reed, a self-professed hockey nerd who grew up in Picto, Nova Scotia, got his television break in Halifax, and then worked across the country before landing at Sportsnet. He's hosted the Olympics, reported ringside on Hockey Night in Canada, but of course his most memorable work is sitting beside me Mm -hmm. Monday to Friday (laughs) on the Sportsnet Central desk. He's a national best-selling author of four books, including Hockey card stories, true tales from your favorite players, but always has time for his family. That's his wife and two sons, ages six and four. And back in 2014, our other guest had a picture of him, his partner, and their son, born via surrogate, go viral. The whole world saw it. The birth photo of little Milo shared all over the place as a symbol of love. Frank Nelson has taken that love into every aspect of his life as a high school teacher, a children's book author, a blogger, LGBTQ and surrogacy advocate. Check out the website familyisaboutlove.com. But most importantly, the job is dad to four-year-old Milo. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thanks for getting up, Ken. Yeah, whatever. I'm, <laughs> I'm just disappointed I have to spend more time with you than I usually oh. do. Oh, yeah, yeah. By the I'm way, very I... excited to be Thanks here. Thank you. <laughs> How are you feeling today, Osmac? Because I had to save your butt last night on the show when you got all sick. I'm okay. Thanks, Ken. Are you, you pregnant I, again or what's going have, on? See, this is what it's going to turn <laughs> into. This is why I shouldn't have okay. brought Ken in. You're going to hear <laughs> we're airing the dirty laundry here, and our producer Moines doesn't have anything to say about it. Okay, let's start first with our childhoods. And what, what what did the role of mom and dad look like when you were growing up, specifically dad? Go ahead, Frank. Oh, well, I, I grew up in the 70s. I'm like turning 
50 next year, and I grew up with a pretty traditional family. My mom stayed home with everyone, She, although she did have a business that she ran out of the house, and my dad was gone all day. So it was very traditional. He, he, you know, I, I think we had a great familyhood. I, a fa- childhood, excuse me, my father was around. We took a lot of vacations, so we'd spent a lot of family time together, but my mom was the one, and it was a very typical sort of wait till your father gets home quite scenario in our house. Did that change or shape the way you wanted your family to be? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, it's just different now, right? We're, me and my husband are both teachers. We're really lucky that our day is short, shorter. Uh, we're both home by, by four. We get to drop off Milo together every day, and we pick him up together every day, and we're both there all the time. So I, I think it's just it's very different. We're both equally the breadwinner, so we're, we're lucky that way. Ken, what about you? What was growing up in Picto with yeah. your parents Can like? Can I say ditto to the first answer? Pretty much the same as yeah. what Frank said. I'm 70s slash 80s. So, um, yeah, my dad was a local doctor. So he worked, you know, pretty much 9 to 5. He'd be on call some nights and weekends. My mom was home sometimes. Other times she had her own businesses. She was in real estate for a while, uh, had her own hairdressing store shop for a while. So we had a babysitter, but yeah, it was, if you did anything bad, it was wait till dad gets home, you're in trouble. So when the, when the door would crack at 5.30, we'd all <laughs> run upstairs and you'd just hear dad, Jesus, what the hell did they do today, Marie? Christ! And then dad would dole out the punishment, which wasn't all that severe. I always thought it was a little unfair because, you know, dad, poor dad came home. He probably had a really long day. He was already a little aggravated. And then he would have to punish us. He had no idea what we did. But if we were really bad, yeah. he would just come in the door and maybe, you know, smack us. Yeah. It was, it's like being a goon in hockey. You don't really dislike the guy on the other team. But it's like, hey, you got to go out there and punch that guy in the head. Exactly. Not that dad punched me in the head. But, yeah, I felt bad for dad, too, now. And now with my wife, uh, she and I will talk and I'll say, you know, you can give you give them a timeout too, because I don't always want to be the bad guy. Like, like I guess the the way our dads were pigeonholed into that. Yeah, we're gonna talk about those rules in a second because it's evolved, right? I grew up in the '80s, and it's still, you know, that translated same thing. My dad kind of, you know, he lived away from home feeling like he was providing for the family, right? So he lived away from home during those transitional years. And my mom, uh, she was a nurse as well. She did really well. But, you know, there were sacrifices that were made with that family dynamic. And I know you were similar, Ivanka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Borden was Rich. the provider. <laughs> oh, as if. Um, but my mom stayed home. The difference, I think, was is Jeannie was pretty strict on us. So it wasn't necessarily my dad who was handing out the punishment, unless you did something really, really bad and she needed extra enforcement. But but she managed and controlled all of us. And you did not want to piss off my mom at all because sometimes it was the punishment was worse coming from her. But she was the one, you know, driving us around to all our activities because she was home and taking us to school. But I think we're all kind of in the same boat yeah. where it was our dads who left every morning and returned every night. But in our household, my mom did all the cooking, and my dad would come home, and he would sit down, and food would be waiting for him. I know that yep. does not happen in my household today with my husband and my son. So, okay, so let's—we've already talked a little bit about what life is like today or how things are different from how you grew up, but Ken— mm-hmm. You're similar to me because you and your wife work opposite shifts, Mm -hmm. so roles are already muddled. Yeah, so my wife is pretty much 9 to 5, and I'm pretty much, I guess you'd call it 6 to midnight. So uh, I usually see the boys uh, from around 4 till 6. I don't get up with them in the morning because I have to sleep, and my wife's cool with that. She used to work in TV, so she understands it's kind of not cool to wake somebody up. After five hours of sleep and put them right to work, um, sleep is valuable as a parent. I think it's, some people look at it as a selfish thing. I look at it as an unselfish thing. 
you're retired and around your kids, you can't really do much with them anyway. So, yeah, my wife and I kind of high-five each other uh, out the door and in the door every uh, weekday, and then we, we spend a lot of time together on the weekends. But, yeah, it's and we have a, we have a, a nanny who helps us out during the week, and uh, my oldest is in school and my young guy is in Montessori, so they'll both be in school next year. I'm psyched about that. It's going to be wicked. And Frank, for you, okay, so you've got Milo, who's turning five yep. shortly. Turning five next month. Next month. Oh, my gosh. Is he in school? He's in JK, yeah. And oh, he's been wow. in daycare since he's been 18 months, so he's mm-hmm. very familiar with school. It's the same place. This daycare and the school has always been the same room, even, so he, he feels very comfortable there. What is the dynamic with you and BJ and, and how you handle the parenting and who does what? See, we're a little bit different at this point. I mean, as I also think as two gay men, you know, we we don't have, I, I still see amongst friends, even if we're not living in the 70s and 80s, I still see that women are still, there's certain jobs that they do generally and, and men do different. People always ask us like, who's the mommy? And we, <laughs> we really hate that question. But because uh, we try and carve, because we have the same hours, same everything, we try and carve up everything separately. Uh, so we pretty much take care of him very equally. Uh, we're both around, like I said, for drop-off and pick-up. My husband loves to, he likes to clean. I don't know why, but anyway, so that's his job. Uh, Can and you send I, him to my house? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is like every so often he gets really mad at me and starts throwing things. But I'm like, this is the job. That, like, you just do it. I don't ask you. People will clean if you leave stuff to do. And, that's and, exactly and, what I say. Yeah, wow. I say it all the time. <laughs> Well, I can't. He's like, sometimes, you know, why aren't you doing the laundry? I'm like, you've already done it. I don't know what, how I can do it, right? Oh, yeah. But anyway, but we, I, I think that we split things very evenly. Um, and I do the cooking every night. And we, I'm a little more strict than he is. And so I do a little more disciplining. I try. It's just within me to do it that way. or um, And that's maybe the way I was raised. Uh, so everything, I think, is... It's pretty equal. I'll cook dinner tonight. My wife and I kind of split it up during the week. We don't really plan it, but we have this, as Ivanka knows, I'm not very skilled in a lot of areas, but we have this new meal thing where they drop off the ingredients oh, yeah? and you just cook it. I actually think I'm Jim decent now. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so stupid. Kenny can do it. Willing to take endorsements, by the way, if that company's listening. I won't name yeah, them now because we're still waiting for the podcast to get endorsements too, Kenny. Get step in hey, line. You know me, Ivanka. I'm always working. But the fact, okay, but that's interesting that you're willing to take the assignment. So it's not as if you're saying to you, to your wife, uh, no, cooking's your department. No, you know, I will, I'll take care of other things because Ken has sent mm-hmm. me many photos of his wife sh- out shoveling. She's shoveling. She likes snow to shovel snow. Inside. It's like um, Frank. His I do the shoveling. Likes, his husband likes to clean. My wife likes to shovel. Who I am love I to say shoveling. No? Right. I, I love shoveling. I, right. like I'm getting she likes it. I like to I like to cook sometimes, so I cook. I don't think like I don't want it to sound sexist. Hey, my wife shovels the driveway. That she likes to shovel the driveway. Like it, I think that is being non-sexist. You know what I mean? Like there shouldn't be you have to cook and you have to clean kind of stuff. Yes, because Ken. there are a lot of myths. Of course, Father's Day cards pop up, and most of them have a picture of a barbecue or a fishing pole or, you know, a lawnmower, whatever it may be. But those aren't necessarily true anymore or or what fathers want to do necessarily for Father's Day or on, on any kind of weekend. Yeah, I feel a lot of pressure sometimes. I mean, neither of us like sports, and I feel this weird pressure to have to like sports. You know, all my straight friends are like, you got to sign up your kid to sock, uh, skating now. They got to play hockey right away. I'm like, I don't I don't want to sit in a hockey rink. <laughs> yeah. and I, but I do feel bad sometimes. I want to expose my son to everything. 
And it was one of the fears I had when I had a son, to be honest, was that, you know, I wasn't going to be that type of dad. I wasn't the regular dad that was going to play sports, although I did go throw a ball with him yesterday, which made me feel (laughs) very good. Uh, But, yeah, that is a concern, you know. Uh, If he doesn't have that whatever, you know, so-called male role model, what's going to happen to him? I I was going to ask you guys this because we're trying to smash some of these myths, some of these stereotypes because things have changed. What is the biggest stereotype when it comes to being a dad that you... That I'll have a bad body. (laughs) Dad bod? Dad bod. I'm jacked. We're we're taking that back, though, I thought. I'm pretty jacked. I'm pretty proud of my dad bod. Yeah, I get ticked off if people think I have a a dad bod under this this, uh, sweatshirt. It's pretty stellar. (laughs) But is there something that, like, you feel that you should be doing? Uh, you you kind of mentioned there's something, Frank, about, like, that the sports, like, you think that you have to be a sports fanatic or something like that, but... You know, there's, there's all, there are all these ideas of what dad should be. I got one. Yeah? Uh, yeah. I, I think that I should be, and people think that dad should be good at being handy and at yard yeah. work. And I am not handy, and I don't like to do yard work. So I'll be sitting at home some days, and all of a sudden, three guys will show up with snow blowers and leaf blowers, and they'll start doing the yard. I'll call my wife. I'll say, what's going on? She goes, I hire them to do it because you can't. And I said, okay, that's cool. And I just have to kind of look at myself and say, okay, I'm a failure in that area of my life, but accept it. So I think a dad stereotype is that you should be handy around the house and good at yard work, and I'm neither of those things. Nor do I pretend to be my father pretends to be good at that. He's always pretended to be handy, mm-hmm. and it's a freaking disaster. It's awesome. <laughs> he once was taking down the Christmas lights. <laughs> uh, the light went, uh, he somehow got electrocuted by the <laughs> wire. He <laughs> fell into a puddle. He would have died, but luckily it went into his watch and his watch exploded. Are you serious? Oh my yeah, gosh. dead serious. Dr. Dan, by Dr. the way, Dan. is a doctor. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Certified doctor. Okay, Frank, follow that one. I, I don't even know. You know, I think of my dad as the guy who, you know, I want, don't want to say emotionally unavailable, but he, you know, when I came out of the closet, I'd been living with a guy for four years in a one-bedroom apartment with one bed. <laughs> and when I finally told him, he was flabbergasted. And he told me that I had, like, lied to him. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, you told me he was your roommate. I was like, are you dead? <laughs> like, I just, I was so confused by this. And so, and what I learned about my dad is like, he just, everything was surface. Like, not that he wasn't deep or anything, but he just believed you. And I, that's just not the case. I'm always saying to him, and it frustrated me for so long that, you know, dad, you have to see past it. Mom knew I was gay since I was two. You didn't see that? <laughs> you know, how really did you bad not at s- taking hints kind of thing? Yeah, like he just didn't see me or he just didn't want to go any deeper into it. Yeah. And I think that dads nowadays are a little more involved sure. uh, emotionally with their children as well as, you know, maybe spiritually, but they, they get it a little bit more. It's not just like maybe what I said, you know, he comes in the door at the end of the day and that's just you know, life is simpler. Yeah, Archie Bunker shows yeah, up. Archie here's Bunker. Your, yeah, Archie Bunker. Al Bundy. Here's your I know Mel and I have talked about this over the course of the past two seasons, but my son, we've only got one, he goes to my husband over me. And that's not usually what happens. It's the mom that, you know, if you scrape your knee or if you get hurt in some other way, you go to your mom. And I think it's because my husband... He's so much fun. And he, when he comes home, he is all about my son. And they play games together. They build forts. They are silly together. And so I totally get it why my son would rather hang out with him than me. But as a mom, so I'm finding, I'm trying to fight that stereotype. You know where, what's happening? 
you're becoming genie. You're going to be the disciplinarian <laughs> like your mom well, it's was. It's true. And you know what? And I had to say to Adam before when I was pregnant, I had to say, because he's such an easygoing guy and he doesn't get angry. He's very even Steven. And I had to say, there are going to be times when I need you to get angry and I need you to be, you know, the disciplinarian because I don't want to be the bad guy all the time. And that's just our personalities naturally. But I, I don't want to be wear that bad guy hat all the time. And so he's brought it out a couple of times over the past couple of years since George has been born. But normally it is me that has wow, to. Wow, you're turning into up. your mom. This is deep. Oh, <laughs> but I, but I feel with the dynamic though, there is always a bad cop, good cop. Yeah, doesn't matter is. if it's the husband, wife, husband, husband, wife, wife, whatever. There's there's always one that's a little bit harsher than the other. I know I'm not that one. I'm a little soft. I know my husband Scott steps in and he's like, nope. Like this. And not because he's the guy. That's his personality. I'm just a little bit nicer, but then I get riled up. I had to give Lou a timeout last night. You feel bad, but you have to do it. But my wife does it too. I'd say we're not perfectly even on it, but depending on the day, one person will take over. Because sometimes you're tired too, right? And you don't want to deal with it. So if if there's two of you, at least you can say, you know what, can you handle that? Can you kind of handle the bad stuff today? I think it's such an important part of parenting, though. I find I'm always the one. uh, You know, when we had Milo, my son was like, my mother was so strict. I'm going to be the strictest dad. I've never seen him yell at my son unless he's very tired or not feeling well. And then it's not always the right place. But, yeah, I find his struggle because my husband's always down there with Milo and really taking care of him. When he's sad, he runs to him. Mm -hmm. And I've also said the same thing. I said, you need to... Put your foot down sometimes. You can't, it can't always be me saying go to your room or no, right? He's always, I just, I'll take away the TV. I turn around. He's like, okay, you can have it. <laughs> I know. That's not good. I know. I'm like, are you kidding me? So then we get in fights and it's not any better, right? Yeah. So does that surprise you that your husband has taken that role? Uh, not or anymore. You... I, I was surprised by him telling me when before he was born that he was going to be so strict. <laughs> but now I've seen that that is not true at all. I don't know what he was talking about, about this wooden you know, spoon that he, his mother had given him because right. there's none of that in there. I also plan to go to the gym five times a week. <laughs> right? I planned a couple times. Yeah. Things don't always work out. I was going to ask you about some of the things that society needs to catch up with too. Change tables aren't in dad's washrooms necessarily. They are definitely in the women's washrooms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I know that there's kind of this push to equal everything. When you guys are going through this, especially when they were young and you're taking them to the, say, to the bathroom Mm -hmm. in public or whatever, do you get a different eye? Like, wait, it's not as convenient for you to be Uh, able to take care of the little ones. I change my baby tons of times, but if they don't want to put change stations in men's room, I'm cool with that. That means I don't have to do it. (laughs) Oh, so you're taking that approach. I didn't have a choice, though, so it was was a bigger deal, right? And I've complained to stores before when they didn't have them. I think we were in Saks once, and they didn't, and I was like, you know, what? so I just put him down on a chair, which they weren't that happy about, and I literally changed them in the middle of the store, which is what you have to do. I don't have a choice, right? If the kid needs to be changed, it doesn't really matter if there's a table or not. Exactly. But push comes to shove, you're going to change the kid. Yeah. So how are you teaching your boy? You know, we did the count. All of us have boys. Yeah. Amongst us, we have, we have uh, five. How do you think your roles and how you're teaching your sons is shaping them and what their roles are going to be eventually uh, through childhood and also when they reach adulthood and further along fatherhood? Wow. Well. I'll try not to swear too much in front of them. My wife. We're allowed on the podcast. No, oh, in front oh, of I them. <laughs> my wife still gets mad at me for that. But yeah, I always think big picture. I, 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 there's this great picture of my youngest kid, and he's he's eating Rudolph's carrot one Christmas. And I looked at it today. He went, and I just thought we're gonna look at that picture when he's 17, 18, and laugh at it. <laughs> 
and you think, wow, what's going to happen in, in those next 14 years? So it's something I think about a lot. So I try not to be lazy in front of them, try not to swear in front of them, try to be well-mannered in front of them, try to respect their mother a lot in front of them, which, you know, I think it's pretty re- important to respect and not undermine your your partner because if you do, that's kind of setting it up for for bad things. But at the same time, you got to have fun with them too, right? Because they are kids. So it's a it's a definite balance. It's something I think about a lot more than people probably think a meathead like me thinks about. Well, I would say ditto to most of what he said. And I think, and, and I would add that being honest is really important. I see, you know, I have a, a long road to, or a past that I want my son to know about. I, I struggled with addiction and other things growing up and through coming out and being gay. I had a lot of issues growing up. You know, and for a while, I wasn't sure if it was important that I would share these things with him. But I think more and more, I, I, I think it's really important that they know uh, not just your history, but learn from your mistakes. And it, that they can only do that if you're honest with them. And we're also trying, you know, to teach. We try our hardest to do this, like, non-gender thing. And I laugh all the time because mm-hmm. I was in the store the other day and I'm t- picking shoes. And I, I had a pair of pink ones in my hand. I'm like, do you have any, uh, do you have these with the in boys' colors? And I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> I've been trying to say not, I've been trying not to say that. And I don't mean that we don't have any gender, but I try and, let Milo know that he can be anything he wants and he can play with any toys that he wants. And there's no, I don't like it when he says that's for girls or that's for boys. Cause I, I think nowadays we, we realize that boys and girls can be whatever they want. Mm-hmm. It's funny how they do say that though. All like, the it's time. amazing. My, uh, Ivanka and I've talked about it. My kid's six months old and he just grabs the tractors and the trucks. Like it's just I don't yeah. know how it's in there, but it's in there. It's amazing. Meanwhile, my my son, ever since he was little, loves my purses and shoes. He just loves them. <laughs> he loves them. He wants to put on my jewelry. He loves all of my that. Son so my son tried on my my yeah. wife's new shoes yesterday. They're a little big, but he looked cool. <laughs> yeah. My heels are fun. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask you this, and you can answer it short, you can answer it long. So Ivanka and I have talked about this a lot. The parents that we thought we were gonna be versus the parents that we are. So are you guys the dads you thought you were going to be? Yes and no. Uh, I always said my kids weren't going to play video games, and they don't. I'm proud of that. I had no idea how much it was going to take out of me physically, at least for the first couple of years. You know, I always thought, like, you don't know until you're a parent. So in a lot of ways, I was wrong. I didn't know how tired I was going to be. I didn't know I could love anyone or anything as much as I love my boys. That was that was totally eye-opening to me. Um, I'd like to be more involved. Like, I feel bad that I have to work nights and I can't coach my little guy at T-ball. Having said that, I'm still pretty involved. But working nights, sometimes you, you miss out, you know, at your kid's soccer game and his baseball game. But I loved watching my little guy play hockey this year. I love watching my other little guy make faces. And Like, last night, for example, I'm leaving for work. And I get in my, my truck and there's gangster rap on the radio. And it's mm-hmm. a, a song I... I I knew well back in the day. It's loud and there's a lot what of is it? What is it? What is it? Ain't no, no fun if the homies can't have none. Okay. So I <laughs> crank it up, roll the windows down. My kids and wife are in the yard and my wife just turns red and just looks away. The neighbors all look over and my little guy, Louie, starts running over and he uh-huh. starts doing the side to side. Like I didn't know I was going to be the fun dad that, that way and at the same time kind of being the, the disciplined dad too. Yeah. Mm. And Frank, for you? I, you know, it's all much more complicated than you think, right? You're going to be the best dad. Your kid's never going to eat sugar. They're not watching TV. <laughs> For the first two years, I was like, no TV. Of course, they shouldn't be watching TV. I'm, I was strict with my parents. And now now he gets an hour of TV every day. I can't, you know, it, it, we're tired at the end of the day. And as a single parent or a parent of a single, I find as soon as I turn the TV off, he's like, okay, come play. I'm like, okay, put the TV back on. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I, it's hard, right? You know, we all need our downtime at the end of the day. But when, you know, uh, I, but overall, I think, you know, I, I, I would agree that I've, I don't think I've ever loved anyone more. And I think that the thing that, you know, dads, whenever I hear someone say, this is off topic, that, that they've never heard their parents say, I love you to them. I, I still to this day don't even, you know, I don't even understand that. My parents always said, I love you. Yeah. I'm sure of it. And I tell, and Milo says to me the other day, I was say, said this out loud. He's like, you don't say I love you. I'm like, I say I love you like 40 times a day. <laughs> as soon as I get into his room in the morning, I jump into bed with him. I cuddle him. And I say, I love you. Uh, I'm going to cry, but I, and I say I love you before bed every night for sure. And then any other time that he gives me a moment, I just, I love him so much. I could just like hold on yeah. to him all the time. My mm-hmm. kids are at the stage where they're just kind of going, yeah, whatever, dad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But also, Frank, what you were saying, the I love you thing. I grew up with friends, their parents didn't tell them that. And to me, I, what? It was just so foreign. I think that's such a good thing you can tell your kid. That or hugging. How do you not we have didn't, a kid? We didn't hug, though. In my family, I know Mel and I have we talked about emotions. And all that. Really? No, yeah, my, my parents, did. we did My didn't. parents did, too. And they yeah. kiss, we, we're all big lip kissers. Lip- so people say, like, oh, really? I, my parents kiss us on the lips all the See, time. See, now we hug more <laughs> as we've gotten older because I think you, just, you realize as you age how precious time is. And, you know, you, you realize that you're not invincible. Even bored and hugs now? Oh, board and hugs when we're saying goodbye. <laughs> Absolutely. My father does. Yeah. But um, but with my son, oh, my gosh, I hug yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Because all the time, like, that's the ritual. When you're leaving for work, he knows. He's like, oh, I'm going, pretends he's going for work. And he's like, line up for kisses. Yeah. Um, so that's something. Because, yeah, you want to hold on to that little, like, and he's so chubby. And you don't want to squeeze his cheeks. So you we do hug have, while you can. Yeah, right? exactly. Yep, while they let someday you. someday they're going to say. They don't want to. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we haven't had a lot of men on Moms in the Middle. We maybe had one. Yeah. One in season one. <laughs> so, really? yes, we've doubled that up today. You guys are very sexist. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. yeah. <laughs> Just review and subscribe. That's all we ask. Yes. Yeah, so thank you so much. And I think, you know, we can agree. Roles have changed. People have changed. And then, honestly, like, even within our own roles, things are different, right? So yeah. we appreciate it. We love it. Show the love. Thank you. See you at work tonight, Osmar. that does it for this week but thank you as always for listening we really appreciate it and we also want to hear your feedback so you can subscribe to the podcast you can rate and review it really does help us figure out what you like maybe things that you want to hear so don't forget to leave those comments for us we are also on social media you can get in touch with us on twitter it's at city melanie and on instagram the melanie ing and i'm on instagram and twitter at ivanka osmag the show has an instagram account of course at moms in the middle podcast the show produced by the one and only steph phillips and presented by frequency podcast network so that does it for season two we are so glad you listened and you came along for the ride. We can't wait to bring you more content. And thanks for joining us in the middle.